Amen. Let's take our seats. Isn't it good to worship and praise God, isn't it? Oh, some of you think that's true, so that's good. At the back there, I see your hand, brother. I see your hand. Let's welcome Pastor Joseph as he's preaching us this morning. Let's give him a big round of applause. I tell you, it's an honor and a privilege to have this wonderful man of God with us this morning. And he's going to really bless us. So let's engage with that. Hey? Amen. 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 Over to you, my friend. Amen. Am I on? I think I'm on now. You're welcome in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Father, we thank you because your word, the Bible says that the entrance of your word gives light and understanding. Father, even as we listen to your word, even as we read your word, may it bring understanding. Just as the song said, may it bring us to the point of breakthrough in our lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, if you're here, you're most welcome. Just to see your faces. Thank God the masks are almost off. If you're watching from home, if you just rolled out of bed, or in the dining, having your breakfast, or in the kitchen, rustling out something, you're welcome in Jesus' name. So let's look at what the Lord is saying to us this morning. I will start by reading the book of 2 Kings, chapter 6, verse 15 and 17. 2 Kings 6. And it goes this way. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, There was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Yes. It's true. She said it. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire around Elisha. Let's jump into Luke chapter 24. I'll start from verse 13 to 24 and verse 30 and 31. Luke chapter 24, I'll start from 13. Now behold, the two of them were traveling that same day to the village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together all of these things which had happened. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained, so that they did not know him. And he said to them, What kind of conversation is this 
that you have with one another as we walk and are sad. Then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which have happened in these days? And he said to them, What things? So they said to him, The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and world before God and all the people. And how the chief priests and rulers, and deli- they delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we, are, but we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, beside all this, today is the third day, and since these things happened, yes, and certain women of, of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. For him, they did not see. Verse 30. Now it came to pass as he sat on the table with them, that he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. So the title of my message this morning is The Eye Opener. The Eye Opener. Now, the passage I read in the king, Second Kings, you see, Elisha was the prophet that took over from Elijah. And Elisha there was a, 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 a man with leprosy, the commander of the army of Syria. You know, he heard about Elisha, and, and he was convinced to go to Elisha to be healed. So, he went to the Israel and went to the prophet Elisha. And Prophet Elisha told Naaman, go and dip yourself in the river seven times. Initially, he wasn't going to do it. He thought, what are you on about? I've come for you to heal me, and you're telling me to go and wash and deliver in the river. And so the one, he wasn't happy. He, was, he had to be convinced to go. And so he went. Eventually, Naaman, who was the commander of the army of Syria, got healed by Prophet Elisha. This was the chapter before the chapter we've just read. And you will think that seeing what, that he is a prophet and a man of God, that they will spare him. But no. The next thing they wanted to do was to send armies to go and kill Elisha. And so here they were in the morning of the day. And servant of Elisha woke up, got out and looked out. And there were so many armies coming to attack Elisha. Because Elisha as a prophet knew so much. 
He said, the, the king of Syria, when he plans to strategize, attack Israel, Elisha will go and tell the king of Israel, this is the plan. This is the plan the Syrians are making. This is where your soldiers need to be. And initially, the king of Syria thought, who is it inside my command that's leaking the strategy? You know what they told king of Syria? They said, no, nobody is leaking this, this strategy. There's a prophet in Israel that the, whatever you discuss, even in your bedroom, the prophet will know about it. And so that's how they now went to arrest and to kill Elisha. And so, when they came with the battalion of soldiers, the servant of Elisha, you can understand why he was afraid. But what he didn't realize was that he, the chariot, the soldiers that were with them, is more powerful and greater. And so Elisha prayed and said, open the eyes of the young man so that he can see that we have a greater and more powerful army behind us. Then the New Testament I read in the book of Luke, we know we've just had Easter. Last weekend was Easter. And we, 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 you know, we, we are celebrating because Jesus, as he promised, he died, he rose again on the third day. You see, but they never understood it. The disciples never even understood him. In fact, on one instance, they, he asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? The disciples said, some said, oh, some say you are Elijah, come back to life. Some said you are Moses. Now he said to them, who do you think that I am? And Peter said, you are the son of God. I know what he said to be said, flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you. It is my father in heaven that have revealed to you who I am. So you can begin to understand that they never understood Jesus. They never understood his plan. It's fast. Some people even think that his kingdom is of this world. I mean, they wanted to take him by force, take Jesus by force and make him king. He said, no, my kingdom is not of this world. And so you can understand when he eventually was crucified, even up, to, up onto the cross, they were hoping things was going to change, that he's going to sense legions of angels to destroy the Pharisees and the Romans and get him down on the cross. That never happened. And he breathed his last. In fact, the, the, the Herod and the kings, when, when Joseph of Arimathea went to take Jesus down to be buried in his tomb, they went to get permission. They said, really? Is he dead already? Well, his plan was to die. And on the third day, he came back to life like he promised. You see, the disciples didn't understand it. So these disciples on the way to 
Emmaus. They were, the, the Bible says their eyes were restrained. They were sad. They couldn't believe that he who they hoped for, for their salvation, who, who they hoped for to save them from the hand of Romans, that he, he was just going to die like that. And so they couldn't even recognize who was walking with them. And on the way, when they got near to where they were going to turn, it was getting dark. And they said to Jesus, oh, come with us. And the Bible says they sat as he was breaking the bread. The Bible says their eyes were open. <laughs> it's interesting that these two disciples, why they told Jesus to come with them was because it was getting dark. It was getting late. But after they recognized who Jesus was, what did they do? They got up the same night to go back and tell the disciples, actually, the Son of God has truly risen. And so, the message is this. In life, there will be trials and tribulations. You know, in the book of John, chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus said, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. And he goes on to say, In the world you will have tribulations, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. You know, I've always said to people, the difference between you as Christian and anybody else is not because you're immune to the strives and the sadness and the issues of this world. No. We all face trouble. We all face disappointments. We all face sicknesses and diseases. We all face trials. The difference is that there's a hope. The difference is that we know and serve a God who knows the beginning and the end. The difference is that we serve a God who will promise and fulfill his promises. And so when we have problems, when we have trials, when we have issues, it's understandable that our eyes will be restrained. It's understandable that we'll be sad. It is understandable that we'll be scared. It is understandable that our eyes will be on the trouble or the issues of life. I mean, in this day and age, there's so much going on. Just as we all sat here, if we begin to talk one-on-one, -on -one, it's going to be hard to come by anybody who will say, it's all hunky-dory. Don't think so. Not me. They, I mean, we are in the world. If you're not battling something, you, have, you know somebody who is battling something. There's always something that is gnawing at us, you know, attacking us or pulling us down. And the, 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 
The danger is for us to fix our eyes on our problem. The danger is for us to forget every other thing and focus on our problem. You know, it's interesting that as a, as a psychotherapist, I'm a pharmacist, I'm a psychotherapist. You see, they talk about mindfulness. What is mindfulness? Mindfulness is encouraging you to admire things that are good, to look on the bright side. You know, when I read things like that, it makes me smile because it sounds like it's a new, new, new idea. It's not a new idea. It is, it's God's idea. Amen? It is actually God's idea. For us to count the Bible, there's a song that says, count your blessings and name them one after the other. Sometimes we all sat here. We are able to wake up, get here. It's a miracle. It's a big deal that we are able to do it. It's a big deal that we are able to find food. It's a big deal that we are able to eat. It doesn't mean that the problem, that the issues of lives we are going through will start, is not suddenly there. We cannot pretend that they are not there. But what the message of today is telling us is when we have problem that is affecting us, when we have issues of lives that is toying at us, we should remember that God has done it all. The Bible says, he that had no sin made himself sin so that he will come and suffer for us. If we, if we remember in the Garden of Gethsemane, before Jesus went to the cross, he saw what was coming. And he said to the Father, if it is possible, can this cup pass me over? This is a man that knew no sin. The father, he said, he said that means that, because sometimes people think, oh, Jesus came as God. No, the Bible says that he came as man. He suffered. When they were bashing those nails into his palms and his feet, he felt it. When they, are, when they were whipping him, he felt it because he came as man. He suffered, and he went to the cross, and he died. The difference is that he knew no sin. He had to be the Lamb of God, pure. And so he knows what we are going through. And he knew what was coming. He knew all the suffering we are going to go through. And that is why he said, I'm going to send you another like me. Jesus knew that after he died and resurrected, that his disciples would need somebody that is strong enough to keep their eyes on God. He knew that the trials and tribulations would still come. He knew that because they knew Jesus, of course they knew Jesus, they believed in him. 
when he eventually resurrected, they saw him. But it wasn't enough. Jesus said to them, I am going to send you another like me, the Holy Spirit, so that he will dwell and live in you, so that he will embolden you, so that he will strengthen you, so that he will give you victory, so that when trials and tribulations come, you will live to overcome it. That's the difference between when Jesus died, resurrected, till after the Pentecost. You've got to ask yourself, this is the same people, when Jesus died and resurrected, they were huddled in a room, scared and afraid. On the Pentecost, God sent the Holy Spirit, and they became a different people. They were emboldened. They were not afraid to die. They went to prison, but God did great and mighty miracles. They healed sicknesses and diseases. They did more than Jesus did. And so the message for us today is this. As we all sat here, I am believing that we are all Christians that we, are all, we have all given our lives to Christ. If you haven't done so, I would encourage you to do so. It's not something somebody will force you or... I always tell my children, I say to them, we bring you to church. We teach you the way. But you are going to eventually grow into an adult and leave the house. I'm not going to be chasing you to go to church. Your decision to become a Christ, a Christian, to accept Christ, lies with you. No amount of head bashing or Bible bashing will turn somebody to become a Christian. It is a personal decision. Yeah? Amen. It is a personal decision. The only thing I would say is, I will encourage you to become a Christian. If you're not a Christian, if you're not yet, talk to somebody and they will pray with you. And God will do why he is God. He will come into your life and, and, and change your life around just like that. So, but when you become a Christian, you have to receive the Holy Spirit. Yeah, because the Holy Spirit is the eye opener. The Holy Spirit is the eye opener. The Holy Spirit is He that will make you to see victory in the midst of defeat. The Holy Spirit is He that will make you to know that even though there is, even though there is crying and weeping today that joy is possible tomorrow. The Holy Spirit is he that will make you know that sicknesses and disease, you can be healed of it. The Holy Spirit is he that will make you know that even if you die, or when you die, that there is a, a mansion in heaven. There is a place for you in heaven. Amen? Amen? Because he, the Holy Spirit, is the eye-opener. 
So as a Christian, you need to pray. You need to ask somebody to pray with you to receive the Holy Spirit. You know what I always liken Holy Spirit to? Simple analogy. You see, if you wear glasses, <laughs> if you do wear glasses, maybe for reading, if you take off the glasses, you will see nothing. Even if you see a little bit, it will so blurred. And after a while, you start getting headaches because you need your glasses. Amen? Because you need your glasses. So it's like you've gone to the optician, they've checked your eyes out, and they said to you, you need glasses. They've prescribed a glass for you, you took it, put it in your pocket or your bag, and you're still reading without glasses. You will see literally nothing. You will become a liability. Because if what your job has to do with reading, you will become a liability. You will give, you'll be giving yourself headaches. But when you put on your glasses, you can see clearly. You make better decisions. Headaches will go. So as a Christian, you cannot, living without the Holy Spirit is like God has promised you the Holy Spirit and you're putting him on the side, thinking you can do it by your own power and your own might. You can't. You'll be giving yourself headaches. You'll be walking into brick wall because you haven't allowed the Holy Spirit to lead you. Amen? So, the Holy Spirit is the eye opener. So, in conclusion, three points I want us to remember as we go home today and as we enter into a new week. Number one, Remember that battles and challenges are inevitable. Whether it's physical illness, whether it's mental illness, whether it's financial problem, whether it is relationship issues, whatever it is, battles and challenges are inevitable. Well, remember what in Romans chapter 8 says, verse 35, verse 30, 37. If I start from verse 31, Romans chapter 8 says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulations or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness, or peril, or sword. And verse 37 says, Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Amen? 
So whatever the battle is, just remember you have a God who has won the battle. Amen? So that's the first, first point. Second point is make the Holy Spirit the center of our attention. Make the Holy Spirit, who is your eye opener, the center of your attention. There will be distractions. There will be things either distracting you, but make the Holy Spirit the center of your attention. And the third and the final point is ensure that the Holy Spirit is a permanent resident. Amen? Make sure that he is a permanent resident, always engaging, always allowing him to be your helper and your comforter. Because the Bible says in chapter, John, chapter 14 of John, verse 26, it says, But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring you to your remembrance of all the things I've said. So I'm going to call the band back up as we conclude today. So the message for us, you know, one of the things I always like about allowing God to speak to me whenever I'm going to preach is that he takes me to, to a place I have not known spiritually. And why am I saying this? The, the joy I get when I listen to God and I ask God to speak to me about the messages is like, it's for me. And my prayer to, for all of us today is that even as we have listened, even as we have read, that that breakthrough will come in Jesus' name. And like I said, if you haven't received Christ as your Lord and Savior, it's so easy. It's one of those things that is free. It's expensive, but it's free. It's true. It is, it's not cheap, because the blood of Jesus is not cheap. And yet, it is free. So it costs you nothing, and you can receive it anytime. So if you haven't, God is saying, I've sent my son, accept him, because it is for your own good. And if you haven't received the Holy Spirit, allow the Holy Spirit, pray for the Holy Spirit, because he is available, and he is our eye-opener. And so let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you for this, your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for the eye-opener of the Holy Spirit. Father, we'll receive him and we pray, as many that have gathered here, Father, we pray right now that the Holy Spirit shall be renewed in our lives and in everything we do. We pray that Holy Spirit shall be the center of all we do that he will be our guide and our rock which we stand on. Because with him, breakthrough shall surely come. 
We'll pray in Jesus' name. And we'll say, Amen. Amen. Bless you.